Welcome to the Church and COVID podcast. Our host, Nathan Amadio, will be discussing with Sam Barlow High School seniors and local church leaders how Christians and the church should respond to the COVID-19 pandemic. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Church and COVID podcast. Uh, I am your host, Nathan Amadio, and we're here today with Joel Woodard and Caleb Austin. Hi, this is Caleb, um, and uh, Joel is the pastor of Hollyview Church, um, and he's going to tell you a little bit about himself. Yeah, my name is Joel Woodard. Uh, grew up in the South. Um, the Lord kind of called me into ministry uh, during college years, so I went over to Eastern Europe for, uh, quite a number of years during the summers and then longer stints. Ended up meeting my wife, who was from Portland, Oregon, on the mission field. Uh, moved out here for just a couple years and then we went overseas to be missionaries uh, for seven years in Slovenia. And then we were uh, called back here and was a pastor at Cornerstone Church in Gresham for nine years and have recently undertaken to replant Hollyview Church here in Boring. What, tell us a little bit more about Hollyview. What is, what is this church like? Yeah, Hollyview, uh, 40, boy, it was, it was founded in 1974. Um, it's a small country church in a rural area. Uh, they were expecting a huge growth in this area, as you guys know probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't happen, and so the church kind of, um, kind of weathered that but didn't grow in size. Uh, and so it was a mainly older congregation, um, and they were looking for an, a new pastor. The pastor they had before was a faithful guy, just a really genuine guy, uh, served here 27 years and retired a year and a half ago, um, maybe two years ago now. Uh, so the church was in transition, and they were looking for um, either either to close it down early or to replant. Yeah. Um, and so then we had a group of families come with us, and we've... Helped uh, replant all of you, so we're kind of in that process right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, specifically talking about um, this whole crisis that we're in now. I know this is obviously new for you, as it is for everyone. But kind of, how is Hollyview responding to this COVID? Just like, what's a what's the week look like um, in this pandemic for your church? Yeah, especially like from where a weekly normal was into what a weekly normal looks like now. Yeah, it's been a lot of uh, education, especially for older people on things like Zoom or Facebook Live, uh, Yeah, <laughs> any of those. There's been a lot more phone calls that have gone out, uh, people checking in on, on each other and uh, helping out. The rhythm is a little bit different, but it's kind of forced us to be um, more relationally tied rather than like a program or an, uh, an event um, connected. So. People checking in on other people, bringing groceries over there to their house, um, yeah. just calling and, and checking. So it's, it's not often where I call somebody, an older couple, and see how they're doing. That they said, "Oh, so and so just called me," too. So, so a lot of that, the friendship and relationships are um, are continuing on. We just we're live streaming on Sundays. Yep. Um, just like everybody else. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are you guys doing anything outside of the Sunday uh, live stream? Are you guys doing any COVID-specific time of outreaches or anything like that? Um, we're not not very much outreach, I would say. We, we have helped. Um, we started a compassion ministry just really in January and gave a, an offering in, over Christmas for it. And so there's a group of people that have been helping out with that, helping 
yeah. from people that need need stuff, mm-hmm. um, gift cards and paying some people's electric electric yes. bills and yeah. stuff like that. Um, you, and ahead. also uh, Bible studies. Um, smaller smaller ones have been outside for the girls have been doing one for youth ministry. Uh, Friday nights they've been Zoom calling and doing some activities together. Um, Jake Copra, you know him, he's been doing workouts nice. uh, over Zoom once a week. So just trying to stay connected yeah. in different ways. Um, do you think being a smaller church is affecting your guys' ability like in a good way or a bad way? Or what does that look like as a, a smaller congregation? Yeah. Um, so it's good and bad, I would say. There's like challenges and really positives. So because we're smaller... We're gonna we're gonna get back to normal a lot sooner than yeah. a large church. That's great. So we're already talking. Um, we're gonna start registering people to meet as twenty five, mm-hmm. and we won't obviously hit everybody there, but we'll have a we're doing a couple of midweek services too, and and so the percentage of people that will be able to gather in some way is gonna be huge. Yeah. And then once we go to phase two, where you can have a hundred people or less meet, um, we'll just we'll just do two services and we'll have everybody here so we're not, we're not having the logistics of mm-hmm. trying to figure out what are we going to do with three thousand people yeah that can't be more than 100 so that's been that's been helpful uh and because we are in boring we're not uh, social perception has been huge in this whole thing I don't yeah know. like if people think that you're doing something wrong that's yeah that's the the judge of today's uh-huh. culture yeah so being out in boring and having kind of off the beaten track mm-hmm. we have a little bit more leniency I yeah. would say. The hard things, though, are we do not have a tech department yeah. <laughs> or somebody who's full-time working on how to set up all this stuff. So we've used a lot of volunteers and just lay people. Mm-hmm. So the quality is not what a big church would have. Yeah. Yep. We're winging a lot of this and maybe don't have all the the exact equipment that we need. Yeah. But it's kind of, a, kind of a theme for this whole thing, I think, whether the size of the church or anything, everything's kind of keeping you on your toes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so like when you're going along following with the laws, I think you mentioned like um, bringing, introducing back the church um, with 25 at a time and doing the multiple services. Um, what, what, how are you gauging um, your interactions between following the law and still um, the importance of congregating or trying to reintroduce congregating? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, because there is a time when the church uh, stands against the culture and even the laws of the culture and says, no, this is what we need to do. This is right. Um, this case, I think, it, to me, it feels very different because I think the, the main question or the main uh, idea they're trying to, to do in our society is one that the church has done for a long time. How can we protect the most vulnerable? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they might have different ways of doing it or getting around it some of them seem illogical to me yeah uh but the i the premise is how can we tech, protect those who are most vulnerable and I, I think that's the same question we as believers and the church have been asking since the beginning as well how can yeah. we protect the the widows the orphans those who are most vulnerable so i really i really applaud that so i don't think it's uh i don't think this is a an issue where we need to um go against the law in any way um so if it was i would say if if the law was specifically targeted at churches mm-hmm. yeah uh then we could we'd have some recourse like hey 
we're going to start meeting again. We have a, a legal, a constitutional right. Yeah. yeah. Freedom of assembly, freedom of religion. And because it's not just against churches, but it's it's, it's all gatherings every, in general. Yeah, yeah. It's just in general. So mm-hmm. we're not, they're not picking out churches to mm-hmm. do anything with. In fact, I, f- I feel like the government is pretty favorable towards churches and really wanting churches to yeah start gathering again especially recently they've mm-hmm. um pushed a lot of things to allow churches and mosques and and just different more religious things because they're they're including those as the uh, uh essential. essential yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so there's a like a clear difference in our situation now than like places in other countries where churches are being oppressed like this is not an oppression you're saying this is right. just yeah it's a we're all dealing with this difficult thing together yeah. and it's affecting us specifically as a church because it's a high priority in our lives and just like it's affecting other people's priorities in their lives, yeah, totally. it's not it's not specified for us. Yeah, I think that's a great clarification to make. Um, so, kind of going back to a little bit to like calling you specifically, um, you were talking about the the pod uh, not the podcast, um, the live services. Yeah. And um, so, are you getting like regular attendance in that, or is there, like are you are is that something that you're struggling with? And like just as a church, like. Is the is it still flowing, um, how you would hope, or are there things that you would like to improve? Um, um, I was just meeting with a guy this morning who was saying, "Boy, you've gotten so much better uh, at doing it since the beginning. The sounds better, all yeah. the stuff. We've learned a lot. Um, we have learned uh, a ton uh, in this process. I think some of the priorities, especially as a small church, of time." I would so much rather spend two hours having coffee with uh, an older gentleman than yeah. I would working on editing a video. Like, uh-huh. To me, that just is not where my passions lie. Um, so we're, we're still doing okay. I think people are still tuning in. There is yeah. some like digital or um, like screen time fatigue, though, with everybody. Oh, 100%. Um, so uh, our kids are even feeling like, I'm just done. I'm done. It almost makes it worse seeing my friends out there and yep. not being able to be with them. Yeah. So, so I think there is there is some of that. We've we've tried to uh, incorporate some different things in the services. We've taken communion probably every other week together, which is actually more than we normally do. Yeah. Uh, just because it's a really unifying thing that we're doing. That's awesome. Even though it's separate, we're doing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any sort of like tidbits or advice? Um, that you could give us and anyone listening or other churches about specific holiday things that are, are running well that you um, that you're proud of or like like the communion like anything kind of like in that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm I'm really proud and encouraged by just the people in the church. They're reaching out and connecting mm-hmm. on their own. It doesn't have to be a program for them to connect, which is yeah. I think that's just happening all over the place. It's probably not specific to Holyview uh, at all. Um, the other things I've really, uh, I think, are we've really used this time to help relaunch the church, mm-hmm. um, and so you'll even hear like hammers being swung and things being, you know, cut up, and um, we've really been using this as a time when no one's in the building to yeah. let's get our building ready for community because community is going to be so important when we get back. Yeah. Um, the one, and this is kind of off the side, this is more my chaplain hat, but the, the one thing that helps uh, with PTSD, trauma, stress, um, any, any of those traumatic events that you go through, like this quarantine that we're going through, 
if you're going to get through it or not or have like ill effects or if it's going to haunt you for a long time the number one thing is not counseling or drugs or um any, anything like that it's the community that you surround yourself with yeah community definitely. can help you mm-hmm. weather storms they help you process things dialogue with things and so really what i think it's going to be the most important as we get out of this is going to be the community of yeah. getting back to community having space to be mm-hmm. around for sure uh, that's that's been one of probably the most difficult things i'd say about this whole thing is like is that community's kind of been totally, totally changed we're living mm-hmm. in a different way now like we're having community right now. We're having these Zoom calls, but like like you were saying, it's really not the same. Yeah. So the the waking it's making a difficult situation even harder that way. Because yeah. um, our best outlet for help is is kind of what we're struggling with the most. You know, yeah. I feel like that's kind of what blew this um, so largely into like a whole world thing. You know. Yeah. 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 And I guess that that asks the question um, for for many of the the medical scientists um, predicting a second round of COVID for the fall. Um, what do you think, like, how is that going to play out as, as you know, everybody has just been able to break, break free of this quarantine and you have a little bit of a break, but now everybody's going right back into it. And so how do you think that's going to change if, if that ends up happening? Yeah, that'll be, t- that'll be rough. Yeah. <laughs> <That's what it'll laughs> be. Uh, I, and I, I'm, I'm no scientist. I, I know yeah. people, but I, I would think when people taste the community and what that's like the next time around when people are like, hey, we need to quarantine, they're going to be less likely to follow the rules so yeah. kind of because they've tasted what that community uh-huh. is like. So Yeah. There's even a um, that whole thing of the community helping you through trauma and crisis and all that stuff. There's even uh, a science about uh, a ministry of presence. Mm-hmm. And, and within three... Uh, if you're within three feet of somebody, there's something that chemi- like chemically happens uh, that calms you, yeah. uh, encourages you. It, it actually does something. So the idea of ministry of presence is a real thing, and it's physical. So you, you yeah. can't get it over Zoom, but you can get it uh-huh. mm-hmm. staring yeah. at somebody eye to eye. And... Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's perfect, because one of the bigger questions that I had was, like, as a church, so probably you, and then in general, like, what level of importance do you think should be put into having in-person meetings? Because like the church has kind of finally got on like groove of, of going through this thing now, and we're kind of waiting it out. But like, do you think that we should be taking strides and being really intentional with having that in-presence ministry and, and the in-person meetings, whether it's outside or mm. or something? Yeah, there's. Uh, I'm guessing this will impact our world in some way, and yeah. the church as well. Uh, I think there has been since the beginning. Uh, there's been an importance on the church gathering together. I mean, the church is scattered throughout most of the week, mm-hmm. but the time of regathering. Um, so I just shared on on Sunday, at the very beginning, the first believers were Jewish believers. Yeah. Uh, they were Jewish believers that believed in the resurrected Jesus. So they would meet together in the synagogue because their Jewish faith informed who they were. But then they would meet again uh, together again on Sunday morning because that was the day Jesus resurrected. Mm-hmm. to re, to re, remind themselves of the resurrection that, yeah. that's their faith is so rooted in that and so they have met on Sundays for the past 2000 years because that ritual is so important to tie us down and give us the hope of yeah. what we're yeah. really uh what we're really about i mean even the creation cycle itself uh, our week 
uh, long. It's uh, there's a ritual of uh, dying and resurrection yeah. every week. So is is it important that we meet physically again? Yeah, I think because of the ministry of presence and all the one another's in the Bible that you can't you can't do as well over yeah. uh, Skype or Zoom or uh-huh. on a phone. Um, and the idea that it's tied to our theology. And yeah. theology without the resurrection, what hope do we have? So, and there's a physical way to remember that in gathering together and proclaiming uh-huh. Christ's death and resurrection every yeah. Sunday. For sure. That's awesome, so, yeah. Um, going in a little bit of a different direction, um, there have uh, been kind of, not teachings, but uh, ideas that um, this COVID is uh, something that is like specifically sent from God, um, and even some people mentioning or uh, claiming that this is like um, his God's condemnation on his people and things like that. So I was just wondering, um, what have, what are your some of your ideas and and thoughts on on those claims? Hmm. That the virus is like a God's yeah. judgment yeah. on God's yeah. judgment on on today's people. Hmm. Um. Well, I personally don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think there it, it, there's a result of sin in the brokenness and disease of this world. Uh, and so it is, I think it's a direct result of living in a broken world. It doesn't mean that God's not sovereign over it. And he can use all this for incredibly good uh, in our world. Um so I guess it depends on how you how you walk through it, uh, but I don't. I definitely don't think it's a. Well, I can't say that. I don't believe it's a judgment from God or a condemnation. Uh, I think it's just. Yeah. Sin and disease. Um. There's there's places in the Old Testament though that that God does send things. Obviously, the flood, and and different times throughout that um, when Elijah stopped the rain and different things that are these big life changing things that were sent from God. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason you think that? this isn't like why do you think that this isn't I'm, i mean i might agree with you i'm just yeah. curious yeah um well when you the old testament when you have some of those stories uh, i think it's part of the redemptive storyline that's going through that's giving us a picture of uh jesus uh and what he suffered and went through so in isaiah when he talks about he took our diseases and illnesses yeah. on, on himself uh, i think it's Jesus going, hey, all these stories and all these pictures of the Old Testament, I'm walking through all that uh, yeah. with you. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily think this is. It's hard to like. I don't yeah. know what God's, God's doing in all this. Um, I know he's he's allowed it because yeah. at any point you could go, no, I don't want that mm-hmm. to happen. But he's allowed it for some purpose and reason, which yes. is beyond what I beyond what I know <laughs> yeah um, other people this is kind of I don't know if you will have any answer for this but um, is, do you think this could be related to any sort of end times type of thing I know there is there's fires and locusts going on in different places in the world and people were pulling scripture out and talking about condemnation and end times like do you think that this could be like that or is that foolish to even be making those assumptions yeah uh, no I think that's I think it's great to be doing uh, when we watched the news, like the second or third week of the COVID thing, and there were tornadoes and earthquakes all over the world, we're like, ah, the end times, like this is it. Yeah. Um, but I honestly think 
that we should be seeing things like that. We should be, uh, Jesus talks about, hey, you can read the stars, but you can't see the sign of the times. Um, end times is another interesting idea in the Bible, though. The end times, what we think of as like, um, it's this final judgment of everything. It's actually started, the end times according to the Bible, started at the death and resurrection of Jesus. Mm. So we're now living in the end times. So yeah. to see uh, um, all of these signs as, boy, this is a sign of the end times, and you're like, yes, exactly. Yeah. You, you probably have another 40, 50 years if you, at most, if it's yeah. a gift. And, uh -huh. and you may not even have that. So is this the end times? Yeah, we're living in the end times. Uh -huh. uh, and we, each of our days are, are counted. Yeah. So in, in Genesis, if you go back, or the Torah, there's specific places where it talks about the end of days. Yes. And each of those end of days refers to, is pointing to Jesus, his okay. ministry, his death and resurrection. Yeah. Um, and so if you take the Old Testament and look at the end of end of days or end times, things, it, it's pointing to Jesus and his death, resurrection, his ascension is sitting mm -hmm. on the throne. And that enters into yeah. the end of days end time stuff so yes yeah i think i think we should see that um well i you were saying that that's the way we should look at it and that is amazing and i agree with that perspective um but in a in a fearful like way um i know there are people that are afraid and like mm. this is the end times like the rapture is coming or and that's a confusing topic on its own like yeah. unsure of what that actually looks like and reading revelation and isaiah and different books that have those predictions and and prophecies um do you think that it should be like a fearful time like do you think that's warranted or do you think that's not warranted oh pulling out the bible boom perfect Get the bible. um when when jesus talks about these things and when uh okay i won't spend time looking for it it's in matthew 24 and jesus is like okay i'm going to tell you these things so that you won't be afraid uh the idea of end times fear all that stuff is not what Jesus, he tells us about the end times, about the end of all things, so that we won't be afraid, that we can have confidence in knowing what it is. Mm -hmm. So if it induces fear, yeah, then maybe you're not looking at it the right way. Huh. Or maybe you're not on the right side, which oh, wow. yeah. then is... That is scary. Yeah, then it, it is scary then. Uh, and you read the book of Revelation, you want to be on the side of Jesus, the conquering... Mm -hmm. Yeah lion who is the slain uh -huh. lamb you want to be on that side but if you are on that side you've got nothing to fear uh-huh so jesus uh jesus tells his disciples hey, i'm going to explain all this stuff i'm going to show you these signs of the times so that when they happen you won't be like oh no is this the end yeah like you'll, yeah it's probably the end uh-huh and, and that's something to be at peace with yeah We're excited about it. yeah yeah so i think even as christians using fear as a motivator for end time stuff is Opposite of what Jesus used in time stuff. Yeah, because that's that's been happened. That's been done in the past a lot, mm -hmm. right? People yeah, use totally. that as a, a scaring tactic to try to convert people. Yeah, you're saying that's not healthy. So correction. That's, that's what you said. Um, I would say the way Jesus used end time stuff. Um, there is definitely some um, fear, like you're going to be thrown yeah. out and burned and trampled in darkness, and uh -huh. uh, there is fear for that. But for believers, when he talked about end times, it was. So that you won't be afraid. Yeah. Hmm. So. Because it's not the thing where it's like you're you're walking into something blind. He's giving you the image. Yeah. He's allowing you to not fear the unknown because he's giving you a, a picture or a part of a picture. Um, 
of of the future and what is what is going to come so you don't have to fear that yeah yeah totally Uh yeah i think that's a great gift in the bible it's like having not only obviously his teachings but then um the letters from paul and everyone else that have um that's been able to speak to that um yeah um this next question is kind of it's kind of broad and it might be a little bit difficult to actually come to an answer on um just in its stripped down form like is covid good or a bad thing um which is just funny to even ask um but kind of more in the sense of like like pros and cons and then like we're talking about that it's like not necessarily condemnation from god but like like um one thing that I was hearing a lot is like this gives the church the ability to like be the church, which is them being united and going out in the community and there's people at need. And so like we're now having everyone in our surroundings, people that are at need and people that are struggling. And so that gives us the ability to have so many more people to reach out to and so many and we have so much more time. And like, do you think I mean, I don't think you're going to come to a side good or bad, but yeah. Like, yeah. just some some positives and then like negatives. Um, generic or super specific yeah um, so I think the the premise of oh this allows us to do more in our community um, we actually should be doing that anyway yeah so if we have to be forced to do it I guess it's good if we need to be forced to get out of our buildings and reach our communities but we should be doing that anyway and so really what this has done is it's withheld part of what the church is. So, I mean, the church is is scattered and we're on mission throughout the whole week, every day, anywhere we at. But the church is also meant to be gathered together. Um, so I don't think it's, uh, this isn't a normal, I would love to like, oh yeah, sweet. Well, now we can just be the church in our whole community and we never, never have to get together because that's really what the church is. And I would say, yes, but not complete. Yeah. <laughs> because the church also needs to be gathered together to... Um, to devote themselves to the learning from God's word and worship right. together and the one another encouragements. Um, so, so I wouldn't say the argument for, hey, this has been a great thing is because we've, we've done more in our community. Yeah. Uh, I, my, my hope is that we just continue doing what we're doing in our community. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the, few, the positives that I have seen now are uh, I've had more conversations with pastors in this area in East County in Portland and part of the North American Baptist that the association we're a part of. So pastors from California and Idaho and Washington all getting on Zoom calls together, praying for each other, uh, resources sharing between churches. Yeah. Um, so there's a unity within the within the big C church yeah. that I haven't experienced since I've been a pastor like and, I have in these last couple months and that's that's just because of this crisis right yeah people need the community more than ever so they're right. going and they're finding different ways and yeah. we're trying we're having to like recreate a lot of things so talking to other pastors like hey what are you guys doing how's this working for you finding different platforms super collaborative yeah very yeah. collaborative so that's been uh I think for the larger church it's been a real positive yeah and that I don't know um I think for the little C church like Hollyview, it's um, it's going to strengthen us um, just yeah. walking through this trial together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to know. It's hard to know what God's going to do in all of it. Yeah, because uh, there's there's a lot of passages, but uh, specifically James one comes to mind where he talks about um, like rejoicing in trials. Um, 
that's exemplified in here um, in this situation. And you think as a church, that's something that we should be we should be actively doing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think it's. Uh, I just preached on this a little bit ago too, and used that that verse. I think it's the questions we're asking uh, during this crisis time. And I think at the beginning, you you ask questions like, "How long do I have to do this for? Why do we have um, to do this?" Yeah. And the answers you're going to get are going to be negative, and it just shows what your heart is after. If you if you ask if you're asking questions like what's God doing in the church during this time, the questions that you're asking, what's God yeah. doing in the church during this time, the answers you're going to come up and find are like, wow, God's really moving in some unique ways. Uh-huh. Uh, what what how does God want to shape me during this time? What are some things I need to be letting go of? Uh, how is God refining me during this time? And those are all positive. Then you can be like, boy, you can really rejoice in this because you can see the work of God. So a lot of it depends yeah. on the questions we're even asking. Uh-huh. Um, but this yeah. this thought just came up randomly. Um, but is there any like encouragement or like like miracles type things that have happened through this time that you've seen, like God working, like specific ways that you as a church or you personally have seen um, in this whole time? Or this is off the cuff, but or maybe just things that you've heard of from yeah. from around the area. Or yeah. Um, yeah, so there's been, uh, quite a number of them, I would say, uh, so there, there's a, there's a lady that lives behind the church, she comes here, older lady, her husband, um, has heart issues and lung issues, Mm -hmm. so very vulnerable group, um, and she calls me about once a week with her God sightings, she calls them, (laughs) uh, and it's just things that she was like, you know, I needed some groceries and so-and-so just showed up on my door with groceries. Um, We needed to get somewhere, but I didn't, she hates driving and her husband normally drive, but now she has to drive and just praying with her like, Hey, Lord, would you just park the way? And she's like, I don't know what we prayed for, but it like, I didn't have any traffic all the way to OHSU or whatever. And like just those little things that she's seeing, which is Uh pretty, uh, pretty encouraging. Oh yeah. Um, this Sunday, we have uh, one of our youth is going to get baptized oh. because they've been speaking more with their parents about yeah. what does it mean to be baptized. And um, so I, th- I think there's a lot of those kind of cool things. People um, more in the word, more connected yeah. um, in different ways. And hopefully we can capitalize on this as we go forward too. Yeah. Um, our whole kind of premise is talking about the church, but obviously the church is, is single people. It's made up of, of individual Christians. Um, do you have a brief thought of, of what it would look like or the role of a single Christian in this time? Like kind of what they should expect and what like, not necessarily convictions, but just things that they can be actively doing um, or just like mindset type things that they can have as an individual um, that will better their church and then yeah. the community and then their own walk with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll answer this so it's a little bit longer uh, history. So when we were in Slovenia, there was very clear spiritual strongholds. Uh, we could see it's division uh, was one of them. Uh, so you just see things divide all the time. You're just like, oh, there's, there's you just feel it, this spiritual yeah. stronghold. We moved back to the States. You, you don't necessarily think of the States as a, a place of real intense spiritual battles. Yeah. But when I first came back after you know almost a decade away, I could feel the spiritual strongholds. I'm like, man, you can just see them everywhere. And those were basically, I I kind of boiled down to three different things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Comfort, safety, and entertainment. And I think those are a a spiritual stronghold that have 
taken root in the church mm-hmm. um, and people in general. I mean, when you think about it, is it safe? Like, in, how many times during this COVID thing have you heard safety is our number one priority? Safety yeah. is our number one thing. That idea of safety. So we buckle our kids into these eight-point harness in the car yeah. with airbags everywhere. Why? Because we don't want them to get hurt. Uh-huh. Which is right. I don't want my yeah. kids to get hurt either. The second thing is comfort. And if anything is not very comfortable or it's a little bit uneasy with us, boy, we really stay away from that too. So even in the church, what that looks like is how easy can we make it for you to get into a service? Yeah. And it's just feeding into that. Uh-huh. It's comfort. And coddling. Then, what's that? It's like coddling. Yeah. And then, and then the entertainment, the entertainment piece is really, you've heard it so many times during this COVID thing. Hey, our, our grandfathers, they fought in World War Two, all they're asking us to do is stay home, sit on a couch, and binge on Netflix. Yeah, we can do that, and it's basically going. You, you, it's we're not safe, so stay home, stay far away. It's it's uh, it's not very comfortable to just stay there. So, what's the last like spiritual stronghold that there is? Entertainment. We're just gonna dull your mind until yeah. you're not any good. And so, really, I think if you're a single person. Uh, this is the time that you can really seize the day and capture the moments. Huh. Whether that whether that means your own spiritual walk, your uh, prayer life. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of online classes that are offered for free now. Mm-hmm. Uh, take some time and read through the Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's almost tough to get through, but when other when is there another time or another season of your life that you're going to be able to go? I don't have anything to do or anywhere to go. <laughs> yeah. I can just sit here, uh, but rather. Um, you really have to battle against that safety, yeah. comfort, and entertainment. And those, those are just straight tools from, from the devil. It's Satan yeah. using those. And it's it's through our culture, so we're kind of numb to it and lying right. to it. Because like, that would make sense. Like I know a lot of Christian friends that, that live that same way. And I've, I'm totally a victim of, of being like, oh, I have nothing to do. Let's entertain myself. You know? yeah. But you're saying that as a Christian, like we should be, we should be fighting against that. Yeah. Really capturing, the, I think, capturing the time. So especially you guys, you're about to go off to college. Yeah. Uh, this time could be like, oh, sweet, we just get all this free time. Uh-huh. Or you could use it to go, what's, like, those questions. What does God want to do in your life? What are, what are some areas that he wants to help mold you and shape you? So that you can be gaining in wisdom and knowledge yeah. of God so that the next 60 years you can draw from that to give other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking advantage of yeah. all this time. That is that's really great. Um, thank you. That uh, that's all of our questions. Um, super glad that you could you could come on the the podcast with us and just hang glad out. That would be a treat. Um, so yeah, thanks again, Joel. Uh, it was fun. Thanks. Thanks for the questions. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, visit our website. There's a link in the description or contact us at churchandcovid at gmail.com. Thank you and have a great rest of your day.